the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. Welcome aboard. My name is Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries at True Talk 800, 93.9 KPDQ, 104.1 The Fish, The Answer. The Patriot and 93.1 L Ray. And if you'd like any information on how you could appear at our events, including Fish Fest 2018, just send me an email to Mike Lee at kpdq.com. That's M I K E L E E at kpdq.com. One of the events I like to attend on an annual basis is coming back. It's Satcherson's 2018 Homeschool Roundup. So mark off Thursday, May 17th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. on your calendar. It'll be at Salem First Baptist Church. That's over by the Marion Street Bridge in Salem with free parking plus a parkade right across the street to talk all about home education and Satcherson, like seemingly other Homeschooling Organizations is an acronym standing for Salem Area Christian Homeschool Network. And here to tell us about the event, his appearance at it, and being an all-around great guy is my pal, Dr. Corey Gilbert, Ph.D., LPC, who is available for workshops, retreats, and seminars with a focus on porn-proofing your family, trauma-proofing your family, homeschooling, Healthy sex in marriage, dating, and courting in a sex-saturated world. And Corey Gibbett will be appearing at the Satcherson Homeschool Roundup. He also serves as Associate Professor of Psychology at Corbin University and serves as CEO, founder, and owner at Healing Lives, LLC. Corey, did I get all that right? Well, it's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Good to have you aboard. I'm going to have all the links up on our social media in addition to truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. But if you're curious, do take a look at healinglives.com, corbin.edu for Corbin University, of course, and also satchison.org, which is spelled S-A-C-H-S-N dot O-R-G. And Corey can be emailed directly at Dr. Gilbert at HealingLives.com. So welcome, Corey Gilbert. How are you today, my friend? Thank you. Wonderful. Great to be here. So like me, you get the privilege of teaching at Corbin University, although I'm simply a a a once-a-week adjunct in the spring semester. How's it been for you now that finals have taken place? Oh, it's been wonderful. It's been a great semester and looking forward to switching gears this summer and heading back into it in the fall. Always a good time, the privilege of what we do with this younger generation and seeing all of the potential that they have and hoping that in some small way God can use us to educate and encourage them to greater things than when they walk into Corbin. Amen. So educationally, you've got a a pretty wide, diverse palette. It says on your bio that you have a bachelor's degree in music from Wichita Baptist University. My friend Lisa Williams went there. I wonder if that was a little before you or so. You also have a master's in marriage and family counseling from Southwest Baptist Theological Seminary. 
that's an impressive uh, institution itself. You also have a master's in Christian education from Southwest Baptist Theological Seminary, a doctorate in family psychology from Capella University, and you also studied postdoctoral sex therapy at the Institute for Sexual Wholeness. So it, it seems like relationships are very strongly in your sweet spot and on your heart. Am I correct? That's so true. So where did that all begin? When you were growing up, did you have any idea? Were you the kind of kid that other children came to with their problems and, and questions? Not necessarily. I grew up a uh, missionary kid in Chile, South America, and so my education was all in Spanish. The school's there and had just a heart and passion for music. But I was encouraged to try tons of instruments, so I did, and got to college and found out you have to have talent <laughs> and actually be really good at one. So I got to college and didn't do too great. And I was my junior year, and they sat me down and said, you're not going to graduate with your bachelor's in, I was actually composition at the time, music composition. So you need to find a new major. And it was a crisis moment. And it was that next semester I took a counseling class. And I sat there and just my life completely changed at that point to see I could actually help somebody. Realizing that my heart and passion for music was ministry related to bring people closer to God through worship. And it just transferred to that of I can bring marriages together and help people. And so later it became a focus on sex therapy and trauma, marriages, couples, singles, dating, all that stuff. But that kind of evolved over time. But it's still the same heart, which is interesting to see the, the journey. So as young Corey Gilbert was growing up as an MK or a missionary kid, as, mm-hmm. as we say, are there any other languages that you speak besides Spanish and English? Just Spanish and English. Just the two. And has, has that adjusted over the years? I always wondered, if you start off learning one language, what do you end up thinking when you learn another language? Well, I grew up speaking Spanglish. So <laughs> we grew up Spanish at school and English at home, and at home it was really mixed. And so, But I've been in America now since 1993. Two, so I mean, I've definitely, and all my post high school education has been here. So definitely have English. But it was cool. I was actually in Costa Rica um, a couple years ago, and a taxi driver asked, "Oh, are you from Chile?" Just based off my accent, that was so exciting. He knew. Yes, that's surprising so because when had... I speak with you, my friend, I don't catch right. accents at all. So it no. must have taken another Chilean experienced person to catch the accent. That was so cool. Very interesting. Yes. <laughs> Were you the only child? Any siblings? I have two younger sisters. And how was it being raised in a missionary family? That's all you really knew, right? Oh, yes, that's all. And I knew Chile as my home. So. And how did that translate as you, the redheaded missionary kid? Was it difficult growing up in Chile for you? There was a lot of struggles there because I was kind of the white redhead amongst a very different looking people. But I would honestly say growing up, I didn't notice I was different till I looked in the mirror. I was very accepted in my church and in my school and friendships, and I was active in choirs and orchestras and lessons and I've soccer before until I had too many casts that took me out of <laughs> sports, but um, was very much a part of them. Actually, the tr- struggle was coming back to the United States and so, being just kind of a no one. For the furthest time in a brand new world. Yes. Because Chile was all you'd known at that point. Correct. So tell us about your spiritual walk. You work at Corbin University right now. You're very entrenched in your church and various ministries mm-hmm. outside of Corbin as well with your wife, Kelly, and your three redheaded kids. <laughs> They're very redheaded. You're all yes. very, very redheaded. <laughs> yes. So when did your faith become your own relative to 
just being a missionary kid? I, I remember having this kind of crisis of belief in high school, but then realizing I can't go forward. I'm a missionary kid and you're put on this weird place, kind of like pastor's kids. And, uh, but to see that that was very transforming to me to really own it as my own, that I am, am I even my little seven year old runs around the house right now saying, God's never had grandchildren and just like, is this your own? So then I go to college, and it really was the first time away. It was not only a new country, but new, you know, the language, the everything, culture. I really struggled. Um, and a lot of it was more relationally and um, didn't date, didn't do that kind of stuff, wanted to. So I was searching for who am I, a very typical life stage that you experience in high school kind of moved into college with me, that identity piece. And it was around that crisis of majors, ironically, that that solidified a lot of this passion. I remember my junior year of high school feeling called into the ministry, into music ministry, but I also wonder if that's all I would have listened to as well, because I realized it was a heart to serve people, and it transferred over the years, and it's been neat to see the doors that have opened. I never dreamed of being a professor. I never dreamed of counseling or even understood what that even was. Um, and so I, I'm honored to do all the things that I do or talk about the topics that are not so easy to talk about. Uh, I definitely get to go into the trenches with people. It's funny how God's got a sense of humor in. Oh, and yes. He throws curveballs at us like this, Corey Gilbert. But for what it's worth, in my little broadcast voice audio production class <laughs> that I taught, Dr. G is well-respected. They love you. So you've really made your mark on Corbin and, and the community surrounding us. Oh, it's an honor. So... Was it a bit of a struggle when you were going through college, taking classes outside of music for the first time intensely, or did you have any idea that you might end up outside of the music field until they told you? I had no idea. And I really struggled with grades, so I was not a good student. Um, I, I really didn't expect much of myself in a sense, but it was really that crisis of majors that took my first counseling class that led to this I think there's something else. And this total shift inside me that led to when I graduated, I started seminary two weeks later. I didn't even take the summer off. I just dove right into a master's in marriage and family counseling and Christian education and really honestly thinking that I was going to fail because it had a 3.5 GPA requirement. There's no way, not me. But then to see class after class success and to see God opening doors and new passions being built, professors that built into me and challenged me and pushed me and loved me, really, um, that made me into that kind of young man and graduated from there and within six months was in private practice up in Kansas, and that's terrifying. Um, But to see that God even put those people in my life, those clients of mine, that I was serving them, but they were also teaching me and shaping me. We so often want things to come easy, and without stress or anxiety. But sometimes it's those valleys of life where God's speaking to us the clearest mm-hmm. and the loudest. Or oh, maybe yeah. we're a captive audience because of our troubles that we're listening to him more intently. So true. But what a neat thing it was that, that this counseling class really led to where you are today, mm-hmm. unexpectedly. And some of us, like myself, started off like gangbusters in school and very quickly flamed out. And others of us can be late bloomers. And maybe God will just prepare us for something, and years down the line, draw that calling forward. So oh, there's yes. no real wasted experiences or, so or efforts or education. It's just a matter of 
are we going to use this for a building block or an annoyance mm-hmm. or a, a time taker upper? So how did you and your wife, Kelly, get into homeschooling in the big picture? We've got about a minute and a half before break. Um, big picture, uh, we had kids, so we uh, were trying to decide what to do and really processing the kind of the next steps as kids were getting closer to that age. And we really decided that um, we wanted to give it a try. So we started our first year um, and Kelly researched and researched and researched, which is overwhelming and landed on classical conversations. And it was really neat. It was actually, we were in Georgia at the time and she drove an hour up into South Carolina. That was the closest group, but it became this community. And we were there one or two years. I can't remember before we moved out here to Oregon and um, just found this community here and have, have just grown so much. It's awesome to actually watch the relationships she's built even through that. Well, one of them is with my family. Correct. I believe that was through, for, through CC, not through Correct. church or other functions, right? Not through CC. Well, basically, Classical Conversations is a nationwide mm-hmm. co-op. Lee Borton's founded it. It has a Christ-centered worldview, but the education model itself is classical. Mm-hmm. So it starts off in rote memorization and facts and eventually ends up into debate. And having a 19-year-old who just came off a very good first year at George Fox, taking classes that weren't mm-hmm. always in her sweet spot, I'm very pleased with the results. Yours may vary from <laughs> child to child, obviously, but it's certainly one of the wonderful options that you could learn more about at the Satcherson Homeschool Roundup event, and that is coming up on Thursday, May 17th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Salem First Baptist Church, right by the Marion Street Bridge in Salem. It is a non-sales free admission event, and all of the details are on the website, truetalk800.com, on the Difference Makers page. And when we return, more with Corey Gilbert, one of the people you'll see at Satchelton's Homeschool Roundup, right here on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. My pal and engineer, Clark Hilton, is across the glass. And across the desk, it's Dr. Corey Gilbert. He'll be representing the Boy Scouts, just one of the many organizations coming to the Satchelton 2018 Homeschool Roundup, Thursday, May 17th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Salem First Baptist Church, a wonderful venue right next to the Marion Street Bridge in Salem with free parking, plus a parkade deck right across the street where you could find out about homeschooling, its legalities, how do you get support or curriculum info or materials. There's always the stereotypical question about socialization. And between my kids and the Gilbert's kids, if anything, they might be a little too socialized for a good at some time. Uh, you could also find out, well, what about homeschooling when you have a full-time job? You could find out about the heart of homeschooling, listen to a guest panel Q&A session from experienced homeschoolers, and have great networking and fellowship opportunities with other homeschoolers and organizations, in addition to resource tables of area homeschool groups and co-ops, and a whole lot of fun, all free of charge, a non-sales event. It's just about asking yourself, is God leading you into home education? And if so, which of these options might be right for your individual kids or your families? So, Corey, can you tell us about Boy Scouts and what it's meant to you? And and also, correct me if I'm wrong, um, um, what's the organization that your wife, Kelly, will be representing? Uh, My wife will be representing American Heritage Girls. So that's, we also have that at the Salem First Baptist, a Cub Scouts, a Boy Scouts and that. And so for us, it's become our community. And that's really, I 
can't believe that of all places that that's kind of where we've landed is to one of our our classical conversations and home and boy scouts and cub scouts has been some of our best friends and not only for us but also our children so do they have any activities in particular that have really drawn your kids out and build them closer to other kids uh, we meet weekly so it's that's part of it and then there's campouts and other events that that's kind of you know, driven that home well, the socialization, as you just mentioned, peace, um, definitely brings them out. For the Boy Scouts, and I know there's a lot of controversy about that right now, um, it's, be- it's become a leadership training. I mean, our boys at 11 were actually at a, at a camp where they cooked all three meals for seven days. Well, I actually, I was in a hammock most of the time. Um, <laughs> and they cooked and cleaned, prepped, cooked, and cleaned all seven days. It was incredible to watch them at 11 um, thrive and in terms of their leadership there, plus all the other activities from the camp. So I think a lot of times we expect a lot less from our children than we should. And we're seeing that because I actually call my kid, three kids my three experiments because that's <laughs> what they are. Um, we're doing our best. You're doing your best, raising them up hopefully to what to a definition of success. And what is that? And I would hopefully say it's that they're champions for Christ. And a lot of the other things we focus on are secondary to their faith in following Christ. So you've got a great story about how you met your bride, Kelly, back in 2003. My uh, Chilean missionary kid friend who's, mm-hmm. who's now teaching at Corbin University. Can you delve into the Corey meets Kelly story? Well, so I actually, right before I met Kelly, I was... Um, working in private practice up in Kansas and diagnosed with Crohn's and my health just completely fell apart. So it led me back to moving back to Texas and that was just defeat for me at, at that point. Um, I ended up getting a job at teaching seminars and doing kind of the front desk service um, for equallyyoked.com. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. Our dear friend Monica is visiting right now and she worked for Equally Yoked in New York City really? back in the day. Oh, so give us the big picture for those who are, who are less familiar with the Equally Yoked organization. Well, there's, it's kind of a franchise. So this local one in Dallas, Fort Worth area actually had 30 something events a month. So we actually, it was just basically this huge singles group, 15 or 18 to 60 year olds. And there were dances and bowling nights and potlucks and game nights and so it's a Christian fellowship organization yes. for singles. Yes, and I taught these twice a week, these dating classes, relationship classes. Um, and then one day, Kelly's picture popped up and saw that and kind of moved on. And she actually called me one day or emailed me one day, and we made made connection that way. And a week later, went on our first date. Ten months later, we were married. Um, just crazy to see how fast life can change. Had you expected that at all, to meet someone and, and marry so quickly? Well, at that point, I was 27, married at 28. I thought God had kind of forgotten about me at that point. So in that sense, no, but I didn't, or yes, I wanted it, but I didn't expect it to happen that way through a dating service. Um, but that's that seems so crazy to me. So despite your mutual red hair, what stood out about Kelly to you, Corey? I, the biggest thing that stood out to her to me was she didn't need me. She was, my mom actually years ago had sent me this book in the mail, all underlined. It was called Codependent No More. (laughs) I needed work. And so I meet this woman who owned her own house and had a great job and had a great family. And it wasn't that typical, stereotypical rescuing. It was a woman who 
was solid, loved God and had an amazing community and friends. And um, yeah, that was just beautiful. Well, at this point, you'd already gotten several degrees and you were working in counseling and specializing in relationships. Mm -hmm. And the next time you bring back your seminar on discussions on sex, love, sex, dating, and marriage, I would highly recommend going, friends. I got to sit in on Corey's class with a room packed full of Corbin students on Thursday nights, and it was just really eye-opening. And you know what? Corey is a very gifted teacher and speaker and shepherd, and for a room packed full of college kids, he had the entire room's attention. So it was really good to hear how you met Kelly. And at this stage of the game where you thought you were later on in life in your late 20s, what lessons had you learned which put you in a better position to see the potential in a relationship with Kelly? Um, well, it's, it's funny. At that point, I met her and I didn't expect much because I was kind of really broken from my health stuff. So I, I was walking with a cane. I was on high doses of prednisone, kind of all moon-faced and not healthy um, trying to figure out what next. But the irony is at the time I was working on my last few classes in my doctoral work, and that's what kept me kind of grounded and kept me moving uh, was I could lay in bed or on the couch and write a paper. So school become a, became a, a real almost savior in that sense. And I meet this amazing woman who didn't need me and found a best friend. And that progressed so fast, it's crazy, to then marriage. And in that time, I was in the hospital three times. I mean, it was not a fairy tale romance kind of thing. It was actually a very difficult transition into marriage. So your very first year of marriage was far from healthy physically for you because you'd Correct. walked in with the conditions of the Crohn's disease. Yes, lots of throwing up and medicine, you know, drugs, medications, and uh, hospital stays. And so, yeah. can you share about how you and your wife, your your new bride Kelly, worked through this together, Corey? Well, she was full time, and I was at home again in school doing you know, clients here and there and just trying to survive, really honestly not sure of the future. And I think Kelly had had conversations with her parents as well about that, that she would work her pretty much her whole adult life and take care of this guy that she was rescuing, actually, the irony. And to then now see where she's a stay-at-home mom and homeschools, and I've got multiple jobs, and just God is incredible with this journey as to where we are today. It's amazing, and you're off riding your Harley, my tough guy friend. Just to, to it's a Honda. Of, I wish it was a Harley. Oh, is it? <laughs> it is. It looks, it looks hot. Thanks. <laughs> you enjoy riding? Oh, every day. Rain or shine. So tell us about the discussions you had before you and Kelly decided to have kids. Did you have any roadmaps planned out? We actually didn't think we could have kids because of the medications that I had been on. And so when we had kids or found out we were pregnant, she was actually quite ticked off. That she was pregnant, and so it's just... How did this happen? Exactly. It was so great, because I just cried. It was beautiful, and um, then right after that, Hurricane Katrina happened, so we were actually in Mississippi at the time, and so our house was hit, and um, I was teaching at a small school there, and it was my first time to teach, and falling in love with that, and it's crazy how to... After that, we put our house on the market, moved, I finished my dissertation, and then my first full-time teaching job opened up in Georgia. So now that you're in this season of life as a husband mm -hmm. and a father and a professor, it seems like you really thrive off teaching. Have there any, uh, have any experiences come your way that really stand out that cement that and say, thank God I am where I am today in teaching? Um, well, I just never 
I didn't know I could do this in a sense. I didn't even know this. I, I actually thought professors to be a as a job, what a crazy job where you basically get to know these young people and then two to four or five years later they leave you. And that's actually the hardest part is to watching them, kind of launching them from the nest and seeing them go. But then it's so incredible. I love Facebook and social media where I'm able to watch them grow and make a difference in the world for Jesus Christ. And they change the world and they're all over the world in every country. And it's just beautiful to see. And yes, you also see some that crash and burn. And sometimes they reach out and I get to help them through you know, those struggles are those tough times as well. And that's been neat to see that I built a relationship years ago that leads to that. Corey Gilbert is a professor at Corbin University, and he leads his son's Cub Scout group. And he's one of the many people you'll see at Satterson's Homeschool Roundup 2018, Thursday, May 17th at Salem First Baptist Church in Salem, right next to the Marion Street Bridge. And he's also available for workshops, retreats, and seminars with a focus on, among other things, Porn proofing your family. So, Corey, it's a different world than the one you and I grew up in as boys with internet access and Wi Fi and cell phones and the barrage of images that our kids' generation is privy to. So, as a dad, in addition to being a counselor, what suggestions do you have for us to protect our kids? Well, I mean, I feel like we fall into these categories of we, some don't pay attention to anything. Parents are too far behind kind of where their kids are at technologically. Um, and others, that's on the other extreme. It's all bad, it's all evil, and it's cut them off from the world. I really believe it's about the heart. We've got to teach them to make decisions. I tell my 10 and 12-year-old sons that when they are not with me, they, it's on them, their choices. But I'm, I've been saying that for years to them, that even at 10 and 12, they're they're hearing that and then applying when they go to a friend's house, what they see or watch or they see on a friend's device. That's on them what they do with that. I hope they'll tell me. I hope they'll talk to someone. If it's something they shouldn't, I hope they'll look away. The biggest thing is we have conversations, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. There is no the talk. Um, When I hear students say that I had the talk, I know they didn't usually get it in any kind of timely manner. It was too late usually. We need to talk about porn. We need to talk about sexuality and gender and just the beauty of how God made each of us so uniquely different, not just male, female, but even within who each of our sons and daughters are. And that this porn and all this stuff robs from what God has designed for us as his best. So for Kelly and Corey Gilbert's household, you're having a constant conversation with your kids over the years. Are there certain general guidelines as a counselor that you'd give us for, for different ages? For instance, could you say something like, by age eight, your kid should know A, B, and C, et cetera? Um, I'm actually developing a lot of resources for that to really outline that. What I'm hearing from from, uh, parents is I'm afraid to tell them stuff too early. And I would actually dare say my biggest caution warning is I would rather you be too early than too late. Have the conversation and your kid or your son or daughter look at you and go, huh, is way better than them going, I already know that mom, I already know that dad, or I've already been exposed to this. So I really believe in being more preemptive, which means when you have some conversations, they may not understand what you say. So we had, you know, books in our in their mix that had the age-appropriate kind of conversations about sexuality. When they start understanding, you know, the basics of the biology of how we make babies, we talk about that in general. But when they ask more questions, 
if I go too far, they're not really going to know what to do with that. So they don't know where to file it away. And I remember the day my son kind of goes, oh, that leads to no way. And he got like, you could see that click, but he made, he made that conversation out loud versus in his head and in community with us. One of the reasons why we do Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts and American Heritage Girls and all these things is I also, I want them to have other safe people that they can go to. And I am honored to be able to be a safe person, hopefully to other um, friends of ours, sons and daughters to have these conversations. So this is a relationship that is way more than just mom and dad. It's the community, which every family develops a community. Um, my question is what's, what's yours? Who's yours and who's the influencers in your sons and daughters lives? There's an expression out there that says the people you spend the most time with rather the five people you spend the most time with overall are the people you become most like. Do you believe that's true to some degree? To some degree, yes. Just, it really it makes you think. Kind of your grandmother said that your friends matter, your parents said that. It still matters even today as adults, as parents. So I need men in my life that love God, that aren't a good example to me as a husband, as a dad. I don't think we get away from this. And that's another real burden for me is how many men I know, adult men, that don't have friends. They don't, they don't, I see that my wife does and I go, wow, us men need to step up because we're an example as well. Um, so this translates to even adulthood. Corey Gilbert will be there with the Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts at Satterton's free admission 2018 homeschool roundup on Thursday night, May 17th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at Salem First Baptist Church right by the Marion Street Bridge in Salem with plenty of free parking, a parkade right across the street, and wonderful organizations to teach you and your family more about home education. And you could also find out more about his counseling services and expertise at the website, drcoreygilbert.com. It's drcoreygilbert.com and buildingyourethos.com. More with Corey Gilbert next on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee, and my pal Corey Gilbert is across the desk. He is an associate professor of psychology at Corbin University, in addition to being the CEO, founder, and owner of Healing Lives, LLC. So where did that name stem from, Corey? Well, my first website, um, I think it was 18 years ago, was to love to hold and to cherish.com and realized that was a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> so my dad and I, again, years ago when I was just beginning, uh, started searching for names and Healing Lives, again, 18 years ago, was there available and grabbed that. And it's been amazing to see that actually transform in terms of what it is today and what I get to do today. Well, you're certainly growing in the number of resources that you're offering to the community. So thank you for that. I think so many of us are prone to cower in fear when it comes to the tough conversations that we are responsible to have with our kids as parents. So some of these websites would include healinglives.com and biblicalsexualethic.com. So these link up to each other, right? Yes, and things are still in process. Healinglives.com is my executive coaching, family life coaching, and counseling services. So by all means, plug yourself, Corey Gilbert. What would one go to healinglives.com to discover or find out more about? Um, do you need, if you need counseling services. So I'll offer a sliding scale and going to make it affordable for you. And my goal is to get it done quick. That we're not in a long-term relationship there when it comes to the counseling. Same for coaching. 
is to get you from point A to point B when it comes to either your business or you know as an executive, but also your family life. Um, so that's two key areas I work in. Um, as a, I'm also a, a professional associate for the American Board of Christian Sex Therapists, and so I do sex therapy and work with couples, which really ends up being marriage counseling. Um, so I do a lot of that and work with couples of all ages that come up with struggles when it comes to their sex life. Then the other area I really specialize in is trauma. So when you pair all those together, I deal a lot with sexual abuse, um, affairs, adultery. Um, and it's an honor to walk into these stories with people and these heartaches with people. Because what I see when they're willing to do the work is God is a redeemer and God is a, a restorer. He wants to restore your marriage. It's going to be hard. and It's going to be a fight. It's going to be an uphill battle, but it is beautiful on the other side. And so I just, I believe that was so much with all my heart that I get to sit with people in that muck and then watch them tip over that top of that hill and see something so different that they didn't expect. Because what I'm finding is couples who've been through that kind of fire and survive it, stay together, they are some of the healthiest and strongest and most beautiful marriages. Again, I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but it is, it's beautiful to see what God can do in their life if they're willing to submit to that. It's wonderful how you've taken your life experience, Corey Gilbert, and the change in direction from studying music mm-hmm. to not only liking counseling, but doing it with a passion mm-hmm. and getting your doctorate and helping so many people out. I don't believe everyone is wired to be a counselor. But since God's made it quite evident in your case, Dr. Corey Gilbert, I have to ask you, how do you leave the job at home? With some of the horrendous stories you must hear on a regular basis, how can you turn that off and go home to Kelly and the three kids and just be dad, just be the husband? I can't. Actually, one of the things I quickly learned is I don't know how to do that. And I think that's actually part of what makes me better at what I do is I is I, it is a burden. But then on the flip side of that, I've learned ways to minimize that, I guess you could say. So there are ways you can take your home, work home, your work home with you without letting it dominate your own life. Let's just say I'm always a a work in progress. Um, It's hard. I can walk in the door and Kelly can see you're just carrying the weight of someone's story on your shoulders when when I walk in. Part of the way I help mitigate that is I ride a motorcycle and I take the long way home. 45 minutes through the mountains or through the hills there around South Salem. Oh, that's just, that's therapeutic. Um, So that helps, but I don't always get to do that. So as a professional counselor, are you suggesting that all of us need some kind of outlet, some thing that we do, perhaps just for ourselves, to get out that frustration of the day? Definitely, yes. Um, And it can be anything. Yes, I'm going to always be a proponent of get a motorcycle, but that's just me. Um, finding something. But one of the things I realized as I had kids, like I loved golf before, but when I had kids, I realized I couldn't afford three to four hours away on top of work to take care of myself. And I couldn't afford to actually play that either. So that died as my son was born 12 years ago, my first firstborn. And um, so finding things that are realistic for the stage of life you're in also. Of course, if your sons decided to take up interest in golf, you would absolutely encourage them to do so and probably go along with them as much That's as you right. could, wouldn't you? That's right. Which lately I've been taking my a middle son and shooting a compound bow at a little indoor range and learning those skills, and that's been fun. And um, then really with Boy Scouts, we do a lot of camping and outdoor stuff and hiking and adventures that um, take stretch me because I'm not necessarily a naturally outdoorsy kind of person 
all this has been a stretch being a dad, loving my sons and wanting them to learn to be a leader. So like the last camp out we had, we were 50 mile an hour wind. It rained out and we came home early, but it was a success because they learned a lot. But during that camp out, I think I talked to my son twice because part of it was me being present, but not necessarily on top of him or right next to him. It was watching him lead and interact and grow as a young man, not being daddied or, you know, parented. So what I love about being friends with the Gilberts is the fact that you live loudly. I love that because culturally that goes against Asian Protestant work ethic, you know, be seen, not heard, do well, but don't necessarily draw attention to yourself. But your family personality matches your red hair. You're just very unashamedly out there. So are there ways that you can encourage your kids and teach them and at the same time let them be themselves? How free range do you go as a parent? And how do you decide that for each individual kid? Oh, goodness. My experiments at home. <laughs> um, that's what they are. It's, it's, it's a struggle. You know, what, what they become excited about and how much you kind of give into that or, or help nurture that or how much can your family even handle. I know for our family, a lot has been limited over the years through my health where we have not been able to do things because I was actually sick and stuck in bed and um, just barely able to go and do a little bit of work and make ends meet. Um, so that's been a struggle, and every family has a different bandwidth of that. Some can handle a lot more. I do honestly believe that we need to be careful about making our worlds about our children, because when they grow up, they're going to be surprised that the world's not about them. So being careful with that balance, that we go have fun, and we do things, and we help teach them and challenge them, but we're growing young men and young women that will hopefully eventually marry, will hopefully eventually have jobs and all these things, but even that's secondary to is there a fire in them for God, for others, for something bigger than themselves? Which is why I teach at Corbin. I teach these young people the same thing. And that's, I want you to have a passion and a burden that's actually heavier than just a job. Get a job if you need an income. But that's, once you get that in place, get something that you just love, which is neat to see some do a job, career, but they have a passion in ministry and they do ministry over here. And others turn it into their career, which is not always a good thing because then it makes it more of a job ministry. It's so so confusing, too, because everyone has a different story. and um, Some don't need to go to college first, but we tend to make it so, or should not get married so soon. But we kind of have these different ethos of our different families as to what's right. And I guess the constant struggle I have as a dad is wondering how hands-on we need to be versus how supportive we need to be and w- without making them, as you said, the centers of the universe mm-hmm. and yet trying to support their various interests and passions over the years. But in addition to your appearance at homeschool roundup, Corey Gilbert, I'm proud of you, my friend, for also having three sessions at the upcoming Oregon Christian home education conference. And that's going to be in Albany this time around, not in Portland at the convention center. It's going to be Friday and Saturday, June 22nd and 23rd at the Lynn County Expo center. And it's exciting to have some fresh locale being added into the education conference mix. So among the three conferences that you personally will be hosting is leading your family in a teched out world. 
So in the next four to five minutes or so, can you give us the big picture of that and your suggestions in this world where it seems like we're overwhelmed by information but have very little wisdom to go along with it? Well, you just summed it up. (laughs) That's it. We are overwhelmed and we carry these computers around in our pocket um, with these smartphones that take over our lives if we're not careful. And um, I know my kids are frustrated all the time at how everyone else has a cell phone uh, or a smartphone. And, but then they start seeing when the kids start playing games and won't actually engage with them and how difficult that is and how actually unhealthy that is and how easy it is to just escape or how we don't just stop. Like, what would it be like if actually your evenings were with silence and without noise and music? And I'm someone who loves media and loves movies and loves tech, tech, tech. I love it. But there's got to be a balance. There's got to be, um, there's got to be some bandwidth there. And it's not all or nothing either. I think a lot of it is the parents need to kind of catch up and be a steward of that for their children or their children are, tend to take it to places they shouldn't. The bullying happened, the cyberbullying through different um, social media networks is terrifying, actually. At least when we were growing up, before smartphones and social media, if someone wanted to bully me, they'd have to generally do it in person more often yes. than not. But to leave your kids open to being picked on 24-7, to me, just is unwise. And, and at the same time, we don't want to be afraid of modern technology and its potential out there as much as keep the fire in the fireplace. Correct. Yeah. And then that basically requires us as parents to be engaged probably in something we don't want to do, which is learn more about technology and about the fact that there are apps on your phone that can cover other apps and that kids can have access to stuff that you have no idea about. And so just being more aware and having conversations that really end up in the end, putting the weight back on their sons and daughters is to, you're a steward of this, even at a young age, as to what you watch, what you consume, back to who you hang out with as they grow up and make decisions for themselves. My son, he's 12, and he went out and got jobs up and down the street, mowing lawns and doing some hard work at 12. I was like, he just wanted, at first, escape from his siblings, but some income and some responsibility, and it was cool to watch him on his own do that. Um, it makes me excited for what he has ahead. I think as fellow home educators, Corey Gilbert, one of the tendencies that the community often has is wanting to run away from certain things and avoid them. And we do need to avoid evil and the appearance thereof. But at the same thing, at the same time, I think it's important for us to find a goal, something to run towards. So in the final minute, minute and a half or so, could you give us the big picture of what homeschooling has meant to Corey and Kelly Gilbert's family? and why families may want to consider it? Um, I think every family homeschools for different reasons. My wife and I sat down and spent hours putting together our pros and cons and why. And For us, it came down to we have a flexibility, and a lot of it's also because of my job and my schedule, that we've traveled the summer. One summer we did tent camping across the country in six weeks in 25 states. And we've been able to do things as a family we could not have done um, in traditional school. The other thing has been we actually are, are the key influencers, influencers on our children. Um, they are growing and they are building a foundation through classical conversations, through their relationships and all the different things we do. And they also do Shaolin Kempo Karate. Um, it, it's incredible to watch them grow and be a part of that versus passing it off to someone else. 
Corey Gilbert, dear friend, thank you so much, not only for what you do at Corbin University and with Healing Lives, and all these links will be up on the website at truetalk800.com, on the Difference Makers page, as well as on our social media. But thanks for speaking at the upcoming Oregon Christian Home Education Conference in Albany. That'll be June 22nd and 23rd. And also for being at Satcherson's Homeschool Roundup 2018, Thursday, May 17th from 630 to 8.30, right next to the Marion Street Bridge in Salem at Salem First Baptist Church. Hey to my family. Love you guys and honored to be able to serve my community as well. All the information about the Homeschool Roundup and about Dr. Corey Gilbert will be up at truetalk800.com on the Difference Makers page. And thank you so much for joining us on Difference Makers. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.